Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, Episode 4. My name is Alan Aguirre. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my lovely Canadian co-host, Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. And unfortunately, you are not hearing the voice of the southern good-looking Luke Muncy this week, as there is a hurricane warning out in West Virginia, Virginia, where he is, and our hearts, our hearts go out to him. We miss him so much, and we just hope he's safe. So everyone just hope Luke is safe, but we got to talk about the challenge now. And we got another good episode of Spies, Lies, and Allies. While you and Luke were very positive about the episode last week, I was a bit down on it. But I can tell you I'm all the way back because I thought we had a banger of an episode that was really well edited, had some good drama, an entertaining elimination, and a whole lot more. Yeah, it was. I was actually kind of surprised because when I saw you know, like next time on last week, I was like, oh, seems to be a focus on people that aren't like super entertaining to me. But but the editors made them entertaining to me. <laughs> yeah. Shocked. And, you know, there's always this moment in the challenge where uh, someone gets an immediate focus on them out of nowhere. And, you know, like, oh, they're going home this episode because they're telegraphing you stuff or they're going to have a big moment. And we had a bunch of little Easter eggs like that throughout the episode, but they all paid off in a in a very meaningful way, in my opinion. And that that's good TV. When you watch it and you actually care to see more, or you're like, oh, hey, that's that thing from before, like 20 minutes ago. My attention span can go that long, and thank you for giving me that information. Yeah, I also, what I really liked about this episode as a whole, you know, before we get into it, is that it did focus on people, you know, newer people and people that we haven't really gotten to see a lot of. And again, I was shocked that I was so entertained by it all. It was a mix of new people and then old existing relationships. And it, it, it is fascinating when there are new wrinkles to stuff that's a bit played out. And when you see things blow up like we did at the end of this episode, uh, we're going to we're going to jump right into the house life portion of the episode. And people get back in the house. We're post elimination. Uh, Michelle and Corey both are fully aware that the target is on them. We see some little bit of hookup show match between uh, Michelle and Emmanuel. And that is something I'm really enjoying because they just make a very good couple together. They have a very good vibe. Yeah, and their aesthetic alone, beautiful. You know, the two of them are just such attractive people. But you can feel like, yeah, they have like really good vibes that play off really well off each other. They have a really good like on-camera chemistry and... I assume from what I've heard in interviews with Michelle, like a really good off-camera one as well. Yeah, and, you know, with this episode, we just see uh, romance budding in different forms. We see a uh, a little flirtation happening between uh, Logan and Big T, and we've never seen Big T in that showmance element before. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell uh, what their vibes were so much, and that I know Big T is obviously into him. And Logan kind of just seems into himself, but likes that Big T is into him. Yeah, it kind of seemed like he was, like, looking into her eyes, which just maybe there was a reflection of himself there. <laughs> I liked the idea of them together because uh, it, it feels like Big T is really being alienated by all the vets. And I feel like maybe Logan is feeling that way, too. There doesn't, I don't know why the rookies don't just all power together. <laughs> it doesn't well, make any he- sense to me. So you have someone like Logan who's like such has such a big ego that he can that he's like oh I'm just awesome at everything I do and he is he's he's a very talented beautiful human being 
But yeah. he doesn't think he needs an alliance. He thinks that like, oh, I'm just I'm Logan. I'll exist. And that that's part of why the rookies, you know, aren't on the same page. Because you have Gabba, who's clueless, Logan, who thinks the world of himself. And even Emmanuel, who's like, I, I think people just like me. And hopefully that'll just get me far. Uh, and yeah, it's tough because then you have the other end of the spectrum. And you have Corey Lay, who's just talking like, man, life sucks. Like, I, I, I'm just I got the target from day one. I did not get a veteran partner, and because of that, people are just going to go after me again and again. I, I, I really do feel for for Coriel, but I, but the target that's on his back is it's so big, and it's definitely one because he's in a rookie rookie pairing. But two, he beasted that first elimination, and I think and, a lot of the, the rookies that are staying like in the middle, I, I think they're going to go a lot farther. Just like mouse down, keep a little quiet. Yeah, and he, and he killed that swim with Michelle. They came in second place by just a few seconds. They're obviously good players. Uh, it's it's frustrating to see. And then in other house life stuff, we see uh, Devin and Kyle bonding, just talking about it. It is a bit of a gameplay talk, but they're just like they're growing out together. And I think one of the funniest moments later in the episode is Kyle says like, "Look, we didn't even choose to be best friends. We just ended up sitting next to each other and we're best friends because we're both." <laughs> We're both dickheads, according to Kyle. <laughs> that whole that whole conversation, whether or not production like pushed them to go have it or not. One, just last week we had to stare at Devin's feet. This time, just rocking a bulge, front and center. But the the whole dynamic between the two of them is so funny because you know, Devin's like, "Ugh, like we gotta get Corey out. He's doing it for his kids." And I was like, "Oh my god, he he's on was rocking." Corey was rocking his bucket hat in that scene. It looked real cool, real real clean. And yeah. I have a friend on Twitter who's like her two big her two biggest crushes are Kyle and Devin. I just thinking like this is her wet dream. And then they mix <laughs> Devin and Kyle's faces together to create Dial, and that is my nightmare because it looked like Johnny Bananas with slightly less of a forehead. It was it was atrocious. Was it scarier than Nelson saying "Come home to Daddy"? <laughs> Because I, I got that in the previously on. I was like, well, they're not surely they're not going to show that again. And I was like, oh <laughs> no, it's spooky season. It's you know they're both nominees right now. If there's like a if there's like a creepiness championship, they they have two spots. They have the gold schools. They can run our our creepiness final. Let's not talk about it anymore though, because uh, for other stuff going on in house life, is we see Amber B's relationship with the Big Brother players uh, post. Um, post double agents, and she has these conversations with Casey where she's like, I just didn't like how people were saying that I was carried by the Big Brother Alliance. I feel like I carried my own. And she mentions Fessy as someone who's saying that, but you want to know who really was saying that Amber B was getting carried? Miss Casey. No, I'm not saying Miss Casey, us, the fans, the viewers, the podcasters. We were saying Amber B was getting carried all season. And now she's here to shut us up. She's bringing some charisma. She's, I mean, she shut us up by winning, and now she's bringing some personality. I'm liking this Amber B. And I mean, like, she's making me eat crow, and I'm cool with that. She's still just Amber B, though. There's no other Amber. <laughs> there's, there's no reason for us to be calling her Amber B. But I she guess got, it would be confusing if you're, like, not super caught up. And she even got called Amber B at the end of this episode, too. And we'll, we'll talk about that later, but... Yeah, I, I I I am impassioned by Amber B. Just you know, throwing herself fully into the show, 
now that, you know, she, she had the chip on her shoulder being an alternate after becoming a champion. She wants to show out. And I like that she's creating this rivalry and storyline. And she's like, yeah, I don't trust these people because even though they got me far, they trashed on me. They didn't make me feel like they were part of them. Yeah, she definitely watched Double Agents and was like, wait a minute. Because there was that conversation between Fessy and Casey, which is why I was saying that Casey was also saying that she was being carried. And what my one, the one qualm I have with it all is that in that conversation, Amber backs down just a little bit because Casey was like, who is saying that? And she's like, well, Fessy, Fessy was saying that. I'm like, mm, he wasn't talking to himself. Call her out. Yeah, and in her confessionals, Casey even says, like, Amber B, you got to understand, you're fourth out of the four-person Big Brother alliance. And, I mean, that's just Casey being transparent. And it's funny because she does say that, like, Amber, I'm not going to tell you everything I tell Josh and Fessy because there's stuff that Casey doesn't even tell Josh and Fessy. They're the number one and two to her alliance. Uh, She's very good at this game, but it, it does come off as a little condescending, but she is good at it for a reason. She doesn't show everyone all her cards. Yeah, what throws me off constantly, there's no Big Brother alliance. So Amber's bottom of the totem pole in the Big Brother <laughs> alliance, but there's no Big Brother alliance. I'm single, her girlfriend back at home. She's not single. I'm not I'm not dating Nani, we're just hooking up. Dating Nani now. I just which feel edit-wise for her. Which I gotta say, there is a, there's a cute Casey Nani moment at the club later in the episode where you can see Devin and Josh talking in the background Nani's in her dress, and then Casey's just holding her hand, and that's yeah, they're they're dating. They're obviously dating. So the next that's what's kiss going on. Give it away to me. Yeah, uh, and that's not the only one getting kissed though. Uh, we got Amber B and Jeremiah, and it's just two hot people being like, "I'm hot, you're hot, we're you're cool, I'm cool, let's make out." And I love that. <laughs> it was, and and watching Jeremiah talk about her too. It was, it was, it's refreshing because I feel like she just gets like stomped on in like every confessional like no one talks about how beautiful she is first of all oh she's gorgeous and she's had this this like you know revival as like a person after winning it's sort of like when ashley won after ashley's first win you could see like you know she got some more confidence in her and it's great finally somebody's noticing yeah ashley always had the charisma but then she had just a different uh, swagger to her after winning but yeah with, with amber it's just cool to see that she's really filling in all parts of her game that was missing last season and i really do think like as we're going to talk on later i think this was amber b's best episode she's ever had it, even even accounting for the episode where she won a championship uh that happens and is there anything else house related that you want to talk about before we move into the daily challenge no, I think that all the the cute little the cute little moments were there. Um, there are, I am going to bring up that Fessy is continuing to talk about how he doesn't trust Amber B. Why? Yeah, why you, thought, you're bringing up stuff from last season. This is a one sided argument. It feels like it it is it is going on the side of obsession. But I do think we're going to talk about the game. I'll talk about it more in the gameplay portion. He has a point, but it's not the best point that there could be. Most of his points are dull. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I think it, it's it's more of a greater point to like where he is in the social status of the game based on his previous actions, which have not been good, and that's his fault from previous seasons that he's carrying on top of just 
trying to become a new person and balancing it all out, and then he's being put in positions of power. It's a whole mess. We're going to talk about it in the daily challenge portion right now. Switching into the daily challenge portion, and this daily challenge players were hung upside down uh, on these giant platforms. They had to hold on with their hands, and then uh, it, it was a surreal daily challenge. They had to move upwards and forwards using their upper body, lower body strength. They were connected to a harness, and then they had to memorize uh, a pattern that was, you know, similar to Morse code, uh, dot, dash, dot, dash, 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 dot type stuff. Uh, they would then stay into a walkie-talkie to their teammate who was on the ground. Their teammate would then go off and run over to a pile of rocks that had the codes on them. They would then get another number code from those symbols, put it into a uh, padlock, unlock a little tiny thing, and then they could eliminate one team uh, of their choice after unlocking the code. If they unlock all three codes, then they win the daily challenge completely, or it ends when all, all, the, all other teams are eliminated. Uh, so there's a sabotage element to this and a memorization game. The people doing 90% of the work are the ones in the sky. Um, and yeah, that was the daily challenge. It was visually cool. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a Mission Impossible type thing. And I know people are really tired of the spy stuff, but I liked it. Yeah, there was no explosions this time. And there was just, like, so many good moments. Like, Amanda had some great, like, one-liners. Huey, my dude. There were, oh, Ashley just yelling at Huey again. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. It's There's a scene in um, It's Always Sunny when they're leaving the Jersey Shore. And, like, Dee is just, like, screaming at them to get in the car. She's like, get the car, you... You know, lots of censored things, but just like it fully reminds me of Ashley every time. She's, get up there, get up there. She's like an yeah. Angry <laughs> she <laughs> had to, she had to force Huey up there, and it was just so funny because Huey, Huey is so terrified of every challenge that's in the sky for obvious reasons, and he's someone who it's like he either gets it or he doesn't. He either fails stupendously or he thrives in ways you've never expected. And we see that in the house element when he, he's given a little workout from CT where CT tries to teach him how to like balance on the medicine ball for a core exercise. And Huey's just falling on his face to the ground. But then when Huey starts like jump roping, he's just jump roping like, you know, jump roping's hard. He's just doing it like nothing while holding a full conversation with CT talking as fast as Huey talks. As he talks very fast, which was it's like, who is this person? We've seen he's afraid to jump in the water, but the second he does, he becomes a fish. Huey is an enigma. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Huey. It's it's two totally different people. I I was skipping rope the other day, fell right on my face. Luckily, the moneymaker wasn't hurt, but still, he, he, he astonishes me all the time. He He's so entertaining. I, I just love watching him at all times. It just... He, he is a mess in every way possible. Uh, what I didn't like about this daily challenge, though, uh, was that I don't like when it's two separate heats and that the second heat can kind of just, like, learn what to do from the first heat and then, you know, just collude with one another. Because there's already the sabotage element of this game where the vets could just team up on a lesser team. But the fact that you could just really throw this in extraordinary ways that the vets almost even screwed up in their own right, uh, it, it makes it less fun to watch. Yeah, I also when it when it involves the walkie-talkies and they have international players that have, you know, 
heavier accents or English as a second language, it becomes more difficult for them. And yeah, I, I mean, I felt for them. No, Bruno literally said like, yeah, in my country, we don't say dash or dot. We say point in line. And, you know, it's probably translated to whatever, what, what are for four languages? Uh, I, I, I do think in that moment, like I felt bad for her because there was like the translation problem of you want to say point in line instead. But also, I think if you had said point in line, CT would have figured it out. Yeah, that's that's what was confusing me is that she's like, no, it's totally different. I'm like, well, they obviously show them. They have somebody run through the challenge before they actually do it to show them. And so they probably had someone say that. Why wouldn't you just turn to CT and be like, hey, so language wise, I say this instead of this. Arguably, that's probably why they made it dashes and lines versus uh, three, four, one, two, you know, because Bettina sees that and she's like, okay, what is that in Swedish? What is that in in Norwegian? What is that in you know? Uh, and rather than she, you know, dot line. Okay, I get that dot line. Uh, dot dash. My bad. See, I, I get where Burn is coming at. You, you you say one thing, you're saying another. It's a struggle, and especially because it seemed like some teams, their walkie talkies weren't the best at communicating. Uh, we heard. I mean, maybe that was editing, but we heard a lot of static. That that's what it sounded like to me. A lot of it. And I, Amanda, Amanda had one of the best lines, through, like confessionals through it all, where she's like, I'm just going to use my big loud mouth and just yell it down because I can't, I don't know if it's Kyle's accent or his big teeth, but I can't understand a thing that he's saying. <laughs> I just that, thought it was so perfect. It was just so great because everyone just struggling and Amanda's like, yeah, screw this. I'm adapting to the game. I'm just going to yell at you. And they almost won. Why? You don't want to know why they lost? Because Kyle forgot the code. He he told her what it was. He walked over and then he got back to the station. He's like, oh, no, what is it? I wasn't listening. <laughs> Kyle, buddy. Uh, it was it just, it was, it was, he, he was a whole mess this episode. Uh, some teams did really well in this challenge. Uh, Big T and Jeremiah were one of the first teams to actually get a code down. But then Big T couldn't find it on the rocks. And because of that, Josh got it first. And then eliminated her, which it made sense to me because if your goal is to win the daily challenge, you take out the person that like could take you out in the next three seconds. Uh, ultimately, the whole alliance's plan was to get Corey and Michelle, which they succeeded in doing. Uh, Josh and Amber win their heat. Amber kills this challenge. She's just going up and down like a boss. Uh, Ashley, she just guesses a random code at one point and gets one of the three decoded. And she's just stupefied. She she had no idea what went on, but yeah, that that was part. That was another highlight of the challenge. Poor, I I feel bad because between Ashley and Huey, they both their accents are sometimes hard to decipher. Like I my my whole family is Irish, and sometimes I don't even know what they're saying in front of me. I like I like almost need subtitles for them. So I'm just imagining Huey's accent going through the walkie-talkie. And then Ashley's coming back for it. Huey also had a great line where he was like still up there and not eliminated. He's like, why am I still up here? <laughs> He's like, you guys all see me in pain. Why, why are you guys doing this to me? <laughs> oh. the, in the second heat, they all have to plan that if a team is doing well, you do not target them because you want them to win as fast as possible so that they usurp Josh and Amber as the heat winner. And so that is a veteran team that they trust in power. Uh, three teams really shine, as we mentioned, Kyle and Amanda. 
did well. They almost won this challenge. Bessie and Esther kill it with, you know, they just, they are a power team at this point. They're both very book smart people, athletic. They try hard in the challenges. Uh, they just continue to show out. And then the other team that was doing well was Devin and Emmy. <laughs> and uh, when Until- Devin, yeah, <laughs> after Devin, right before they were about to get their second code uh, done with, uh, Kyle, he goes to sabotage a team and he doesn't know who to pick. He considers sabotaging Fessy, but Fessy yells like, hey, man, uh, we're, 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 we're like we're building trust. We're a vet alliance now. And in this scrambling, Kyle just accident. I mean, I don't know, accidentally, he just puts his uh, he sabotages Devin and knocks out Devin and Emmy, which pissed off Emmy like crazy. Emmy was cursing out Kyle. For the rest of the daily challenge, she thought she'd been stabbed. She thought she'd been like shot. She was she was JF, JFK like got up and was very upset. I thought she had been stabbed or something. She explosive Emmy. She she really went off on him. She was like, "You snake!" Going on like getting so mad, you would have thought that her her like life was ending. I to give Kyle some sort of credit because everybody was like, "Oh, he's a snake." See, now everyone's going to realize. Maybe he just looked at Emmy's name. Yeah, I, I, I don't... He definitely was trying to keep all the Veteran Alliance cool and to, like, not be a snake. Because if he had just gone for Fessy, then it would have just, like, you know, continued the issues that those two have had in the past. Whereas, I, I think he thought he could get away with Devin as, like, a joke or, you know, even as seeing them as a threat and they wanted to win. But it was a bad choice. And, uh, because... You got Emmy just going. We had some technical issues. I made fun of Emmy Alupe, and because of that, the the ghost of Emmy Alupe decided, "Hey, we're gonna screw up your audio and your and your camera." We're back though. Emmy Alupe was going crazy, like she got stabbed by Kyle. Devin as well, very upset by uh, Kyle's actions, and it leads to a lot of drama in the house from there on, where everyone is calling Kyle a snake. Winners of the Daily Challenge, Fessy and Esther. They won two out of four. And every and I just love watching Esther win because she's just so happy. She's just like, she really likes winning. She's very proud of herself and just a kick-ass woman. I call, I like to call them Fester, but my favorite part is the, the latter of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm Team Esther. People are like sleeping on her. This yeah. is the second Daily she's won. Yeah, two out of four. That's very impressive. I mean, what a way to start a challenge. A challenge career. Um, it is a win that makes some people uneasy because you know Fessy can be unpredictable, and Esther is still you know a rookie. But it is a desired outcome, especially because if Kyle had won and with everyone upset at him, that may have you know, scrambled up the game a little bit. Gone to his head too. You know how he is with power, <laughs> and he yeah. doesn't have Cam there to calm him down. And yeah, that's our that's our daily challenge portion. I really enjoyed the daily visually. It has some flaws to it, but at least we got some good moments, some good drama out of it, and things got shaken up a little bit. I'd like to note, uh, always stand at me, never dissed. Keep my lights <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm scared at me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we're gonna move right now into the gameplay portion and see what Fessy and Esther did with that power and how the house reacted to the challenge. 
Moving in into the gameplay portion of the episode, as we mentioned, Fessy and Esther are the team in power. And throughout the episode, Fessy, he's talking about like, well, if we win the daily challenge, maybe we throw Amber B into elimination, something he's been fixated on the last few weeks since she's returned to the game. And his idea is that, well, Amber B is going to protect every single guy in the house before me. And because of that, I should throw her into elimination, which to me actually makes sense. Uh, it, it is giving off like jealous vibes that she won, bitter vibes that she just exists. Like he's just not her biggest fan. But when you talk about it that way, uh, she is definitely going to be gunning after him. And you should try to tr- strike first at all times if possible. But you got the better alliance to think about. Yeah, it's giving me very much Caleb like rejected vibes. Like, did we miss something where like, Fessy like hit on Amber and she rejected him or that's the feeling it's giving me personally. I, I did appreciate that he did go out and he's like enlisted every guy in the house that Amber would have their back instead of him. So from a logical standpoint, he is not wrong in that like Amber would be going after him first. Uh, but then I think one of my favorite moments of the episode is that they mentioned a vet alliance and then they show the picture of all 15 vets in the house, just on one screen. I'm like, oh, thanks, MTV. We really needed that. Yeah. Um, also, it was weird that Big T was in it, even. No, she's in the Bet Alliance. It's just she feels... So, they just alienate her. But, I mean, that's I mean that's her fault. We're playing with the rookies. I mean, if she... I love Big T, but that, I mean, that is... If she is... If someone is going to crowd the rookies, it is her because they view her as a political and social threat. That is a compliment in some ways, but for Big T, it does not feel that way because she's on the outside looking in. Um, Well, through the little bird, I had heard that. So this is Twitter. (laughs) I heard that the Vet Alliance was created before, like before the season even started, before the like the challenge started, and that Kyle was the one that told her about it because no one told her. Which is why I'm like, poor Big T. I mean, she she she's I mean she's 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 a threat that and that that that's why because she will corral the rookie. She does have a stellar social game. Um, I appreciate it because that means like Big T for once isn't looked at as an afterthought. She's looked at as someone who could actually make moves, and that's all she's ever wanted in her challenge career. And now it's seeing how she can adapt to adversity. Um, love Big T, but yeah, uh, Fessy. He's thinking about Amber the whole time. Uh, Corey, L and Michelle, they know they're going to be the houseboat in the game. And because of that, Corey, L he decides, I'm going to go to Fessy and I'm going to pitch like, hey, let's figure out who's going to be our opponents. So that way, if you give me someone I like, I'll look after you. And on top of that, like, we can technically get out someone who's maybe strong and weak at the same time. Honestly, a great plan. Like, I... Corey, Corey came to play. Yeah, he threw out the Huey suggestion because he saw Huey as someone who, I mean, we've seen Huey have these moments where he just falls on his place, as we, as we mentioned before, where he's just terrified and then other moments where he's thrived. But the the more noticeable moments are when he's, like, loud and crying. That's what you're going to see most of the time. That's what's the most visible. Yeah. I what I What I didn't like, though, and, it, you know, it's brought up later, is... 
Huey is like, well, why are you like coming after me? We're supposed to be like the two gay men in the house, like holding each other up. It is a it is a tough look for LGBT solidarity in that moment. The problem is when you're Huey and you come in last in the first challenge and you're crying, like, why isn't anyone let me go yet? People might think you're a little bit weak. And that's the game. So from from a from a solidarity standpoint, the, those two, the bond was broken, but Corey's playing the game, and that's what I appreciate about him, that he wants to stay in and make moves. And, I mean, Fessy hears that. He's like, okay, Huey. I don't think Huey's that strong. That's what Fessy thinks as well. And he's like, well, this would be a great time to throw in Amber because I know we have the veteran truce, but if I throw down Amber with someone I think is weak, then I get two birds done with one stone. We have Corey potentially protecting us if they win and get a strong partner by uh, stealing someone. It is it, it is a great plan on paper. Yeah. They're also to know Corey, Corey L, when he mentioned what female should go in, he said Bettina. Well, I, how will we hear her laugh then? <laughs> you can't get rid of her. How do we hear her laugh? Also, because this isn't a, like a skull season, you can bring the layups in. You can pull the Jay and Jenna where you, like, I would, there's some people I'd prefer to see in a in a final. Do you want Devin, to be running next to next to Huey? Yeah, Devin says that in the episode. He tells Josh, like, hey, my best friend Josh, the reason we want to hang we want to be aligned together is because my only way I'm gonna win a final is that if I'm running it against you, which is like was such a was such, <laughs> what a what a way to drag Josh politely. It's like I don't know if Josh had heard that as a drag, but it was. I don't know if he was trying for it to be, but it totally was. I want to see you in a final. I want to see you get there so that I can beat you. Bit mean? <laughs> Honest. He's right. Mean. <laughs> There's that puppet. You're a puppet master again. <laughs> As the episode goes on, um, you know, once word. uh reaches out in the deliberation that Huey is one of those people on the chopping block for Corey Ellen Michelle to face. Huey just like really devolves at the deliberation where he even admits that he's voted for himself and Ashley, which is a moment that has Ashley rolling her eyes. Literally later in the episode, she has one of the biggest eye rolls I've ever seen. She looks like the undertaker. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, She's just upset because, like, dude, if you say you're voting for us, then everyone will vote for us. Because it's like, if you don't care enough about yourself to just announce to the world that you're voting for yourself, then why, why, why doesn't everyone else just do that, too? I think that, well, obviously, I can say all I want. Like, well, if I was so-and-so, I would do this. But if I was Ashley in that moment, um, I would calm down after being angry that he, he voted for both of us. But I'd also, like, sit him down and be like, okay, it, it's obvious you don't understand like the politics of this game and like the certain how certain things that you do can have such large domino effects so like maybe sit him down and give him like a crash course i feel like that's what a lot of the rookies could use from their vet partners and he just the the meltdown he had in that and then it was awkward when they're like okay so anyone else who feels targeted just patina sitting there with her big old forehead and beautiful eyes just She's just in her own world. I just yeah. want to. She. I, I love her so much. World. I. I yeah. <laughs> I want to oh, be in world. Yeah. In 
also in this moment, uh, not not this moment, but uh, earlier in the episode, before Nani and Gabba went to the Daily Challenge, Nani's like, I think I think we're one of the teams more on the outside of this group. And Gabba's like, what? We're going to get targeted? It's like, yeah, Gabba, we're going to get targeted. And then he pats her on the head like a dog because, I, I mean, he's he's just a big eight-year-old. That, yeah, that's all he is. He's, for a man that's so into GTL, he's always wearing the same clothes, doesn't have a tan, and has popcorn muscles. I don't understand. Oh, Gabo. Oh, sweet Gabo. Poor sweet dumb Gabo. <laughs> He's such a himbo. Yeah, and I, I think one of my favorite moments in that Ashley and Huey have like their conversation is that uh, Nani, who's sitting right by them, immediately walks out the room the second he sits down next to her because she just understands like this isn't going to end up well. And yep. even Huey admits like, you know, I, I love Ashley a lot, but I think I think me going into elimination might be good just to split us up. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, great idea. I mean, bad idea for us, the fans, because they are just they are they are pure entertainment together. I, there's such comedy gold. It's effortless. <laughs> it's effortless as well. That, that's the best part about it. Yeah, it's not they're you know, going to just, like, throw some more shade at Tori, but they're not, like, trying hard to, like, get some sort of storyline. This is just who they are as people. They were, like, made for reality TV. Yeah, and when we get to the actual arena, uh, Corey and Michelle are announced by by TJ as the team going into elimination. Uh, for the guy, they decide they throw down Huey. And then when it comes down to the female, Fessy goes, starts this long speech about why he's going to vote in Amber B. Josh is vehemently upset he is cursing out jo- uh, fessy he's calling him an idiot he's going crazy he's like walking across the, the platform he's trying to plead with him not to he's like don't break up this alliance don't break our trust uh tj lavin with the all-time moment of the century <laughs> during the middle of this heated fight like us fans just pulls out his phone just and just <laughs> TJ was just liking photos on Instagram as these people were fighting. <laughs> commenting, on, commenting on Bruno's pictures or something. <laughs> I'm saying this as I saw him comment on one of her photos earlier today. <laughs> and Man. for our listeners, I used her real name. <laughs> Good but for t- me. But yeah, that was uh, that was one of the moments of the century. And I loved watching Josh go at Fessy. Just like it felt like there was a lot of pent-up rage there in that moment, just a lot oh. of frustration. And it, it was one of those, like, I'm not a Josh stand, but for the next minute, I'm going to support Josh to yell at Fessy because they are yeah. a mess right now. Miss Josh, you go after that oversized turtleneck. You just go after him. Just like Vince McMahon in the early 90s. Go after Go. Uh, but they did both wait until security got in the middle of them yeah i honestly did not think security was necessary in that moment they were actually still pretty far apart they were not even close to each other but but yeah yeah they looked far it was a very unnecessary security moment i didn't think any fight was going to happen it was just a strong verbal altercation uh it looked like it would have been so awkward to like edit that like josh walking toward fessy I feel like it would have been like, take a, 
you know, and kind of slipping on the stairs at like a little rainy. It would like what an awkward walk it is to walk on like bleacher type things over to another person. They were very comedic scene. No, they were very far away. And then uh, TJ tells them like, "Hey, be quiet, shut up, everyone. Who's your vote? I'm tired of this." Um, Fessy he announces that Amber B is his vote, and to show how far they are, Amber B points like, "Hey, everyone, that's the biggest snake in the house. That guy over there." And the whole camera pans out, and you just see her very far away, and you see the whole cast. And that's how big the like the stadium like seat slash platform is because they need to pan out really damn far to show who the snake in the house was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was also sort of expecting. Um, remember when Zach and Amanda got thrown into elimination because they couldn't decide who to put down there? I was kind of waiting for one of those moments. But, like, good for Esther for standing by her partner. Obviously, I don't love Fessy. Messy Fessy is back. But yeah. love Esther already. And I love seeing her stick up for her partner because she understands that, you know, although this is an individual game, you are still playing in partners and dailies and such, and that you kind of have to have your partners back, whether you you like them or not. And the two have done well together. Um, Amber with a hair flip as she's walking down to the elimination arena, which I thought was very badass. Like, oh, that's the biggest snake, everyone. Let me go in. I'm heated up. She flips her hair, and next the champ gonna, is here. Yeah, next we're gonna get the elimination portion between Amber and Huey and Michelle and Corey. Pushing over into the elimination portion, players were handcuffed to one another and had to go through a maze as a team. They'd have to put their arms over at different points. They'd have to put their body through it. They'd have to make jumps at certain points. And this was a difficult elimination for a team like Corey and Michelle because there was a big size difference between the two. Meanwhile, Amber and Huey were the same size. They were both very flexible. I mean, we've seen photos of Amber doing her yoga photo shoots. We've seen Huey on the dance floor. The man knows how to do the splits. He knows how to twerk. He's used to getting that body all good and flexible. And they were killing this elimination. Huey was directing Amber at the beginning, like, come on, Amber, let's go. Move, 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 move. Well, Corey and Michelle, at first, you mean, you would think that they would just kill it because they're two beasts. But no, it was Huey and Amber who were killing it all the way through. Yeah, it was sort of shocking to see. But I think that Coriel and Michelle are just, at this point, feeling so defeated. Because since the first elimination, they were, they've been getting like thrown in. And, and this elimination showed the duality of the challenge where Corey L's size has been an asset to this point. I mean, in that first elimination, he carried three people. In this elimination, he's too big, he's too lanky, and he's had too much muscle to him. Uh, Emmanuel, as he's watching, he's watching the girl he cares a lot about, Michelle, getting taken out. And he's like, come on, Corey, do something, you big dude. And um, I was just watching, like, what's Godzilla going to do? Stomp on these buildings? Because, like, that's the only way... They're going to make a big comeback. Emmanuel was funny with that because he was like, what am I going to do if if Michelle like, goes home? I'm going to have to find somebody new to kiss and cuddle. No, no, she's going to come back. I'm like, okay, but let's go Let's go back to the part where you said you were just going to find a new girl. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I'm just joking. I, he's like, I'm just joking. Michelle's coming back. Not the joking about finding a new girl if she gets yeah. taken out. <laughs> I'm glad that like... That wasn't the point. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? In a court of law, he kept himself safe if he if he hooks up with another girl later on. Um, 
yeah, they go through this elimination. Uh, Huey and Amber are about 65% done, and while Corey and Michelle are about 40% done, um, Corey, he, he, him and Michelle yell like, hey, our carabiner is stuck. We cannot move because Corey's carabiner is stuck. And Huey, in that moment, just hilariously yells, my carabiner got stuck three minutes ago. You just like you, you just deal with it. It's an elimination. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. As if he's like CT. He's like, no, 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 that's part of the game. That's part of the game. You just move on. <laughs> As if, again, love Huey, never dissed. But he's he's popping off as if like, you know, like he's CT or like he, he's TJ. Like he's like, oh, I've seen many eliminations before. I'm like, you you just got called out for voting for yourself. <laughs> Not that's for you understand. That's why I love Huey though. He's him and Corey are cursing each other out as they're going through the maze. What great reality television was that? We don't get that in eliminations. We don't get that ever. It was it was enthralling to watch. We haven't had that since I don't know, probably like Anissa yelling out at someone. It's like it's not even like post or pre-elimination. It's mid-elimination. It's mid-game. And at one point, as he's yelling. Amber's like, come on, man, we, we, we're, like, slowing down. Uh, Esther whispers over to Fessy, like, yo, Huey dropped his key right now. What? Is that? And eventually, uh, you know, they get another 10% down the maze, and Huey realizes, oh, my God, I dropped the key. And what does he do? He hits the splits, and he drags the key over from far away with his feet. And it was impressive, but what made it really impressive was the crowd's reaction where their jaws are just dropped. Kyle is just staggered. Like, how did this man just do this right now? Kyle is all of us in that moment. Because <laughs> I was like, I like looked away for a minute and it was like, oh, and then he does the splits. I'm like, he what? He did the what? <laughs> yeah. He did a full left split and that was uh, very seamless. It wasn't, he just like grabbed it over, swept it over and they get through the rest of the maze and they win the elimination. Huey and Amber win the elimination, and immediately after, Huey decides to curse out Corey. He's like, you thought I was the weakest, and I just sent you home. You shouldn't have been playing against me. You're the reason I went into elimination. And Corey throws a shove his way. It's an explosive aftermath, and I love it so much. It's like the it's like the Laurel Ninja elimination, except if Laurel actually won. It was great stuff. And what disappointed me was TJ Lavin being like, hey, that's not how you're supposed to win. That's not how you're supposed to conduct yourself. Love you, TJ. Go to check your phone in that moment because that was great reality television. Yeah, they ate and left no crumbs. Um, TJ, what do you mean that's not how you're supposed to do it? Again, not a real sport. Just, Just tossing that one out there. You know, this was like, I don't know, the Super Bowl or sports ball or whatever you want to use as an example for it. Then, okay, I'd understand poor sportsmanship. No, no, yeah, this was a Super Bowl for Huey. He just won the Super Bowl, and he's acting like he should. He should be hyped. (laughs) Yeah, if I was Huey, I'd be acting the same way because, like, he he gets thrown down there, and it's not like he got thrown down there because of like bad politics or something. He was just like he was told they were like, okay, you're the weakest. You have to go in. He he was barely getting support from you know even like his own partner. He wasn't getting support from anyone. Yeah. And then he he pulls off this win against arguably one of the like most fit people on this season, and Michelle, one of, uh, you know two time Survivor champ, all around beast of a human. Yeah, so two time Survivor finalist, one time Survivor champ, 
I just know someone will correct me when I say that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it would have been yeah, me. <laughs> it, it's a it's a big win. Amber B also she killed this episode because she came in second place in the daily challenge with she won her heat, then wins this elimination against two strong players hooked up with someone that they thought would you know bring her down. She has a swagger to her. She's got a showman's going on. Amber B, MVP of the episode. I mean, Amber B and Huey, double MVPs this episode. Only heartbreaking part of this is that we lose Michelle Fitzgerald, who we, I mean, we love Corey too. I want to say that, like, but like Corey took the L in this elimination. Uh, losing Michelle as part of it, that just, it breaks my heart. Yeah, now, now Emmanuel's going to have to find a new girl. He does come down notably, give her a kiss goodbye, tells her he loves her for, I don't think he meant like I'm in love with you. I think he just meant love you. Bye. Yeah. Um, but it, poor poor Michelle. Her her confessional was really emotional. She was like, it kind of just felt like nobody was rooting for me. It's tough, but she will be back. I mean, the fans love her. Uh, MTV loves her. She's just, I mean, she's a dynamo, and I'm glad she's going to be a fixture in our lives even more than she's already been with Survivor. Uh, so I I'm no excited. doubt. Agree and think that Coriel will also be back. Agreed. They're they're both great additions to the show. And I mean, if if Huey loses this elimination, I think there's a chance we never see Huey again. Whereas like this elimination win, like it puts some legitimacy on his name. He's been very entertaining. Huey, he's working his way to the hearts of challenge fans. Uh I, I, I love it. Um and then after the elimination, they have to pick new partners. Ashley's like Huey, God, no, don't you dare come back to me. Please, no, please, no, please tell me. Like the opposite of Devin being like, pick me. No, no, not me. Love you, but no. And Huey goes with a very savvy pick in that he takes Nani as a partner, knowing that Nani will, like, keep him safe because no one's going to make Nani the house vote. He could still get put in as the power vote like he did this week, but at the very least, the house loves Nani too much to vote her in. Yeah, and, you know, let's... Let's go back right then to, uh, you know, Q Gobble being like, I'm safe. No one's going to put us in. I have Nani, you know, Nani as a shield. This did not age well. <laughs> nope. Age is like milk. Uh, okay. Amber B, she takes Devin, who's been stolen for the third time this season. And hey, as we said last week, if anyone's running this political slash social game right now, it's Devin. It's and because master. of that. Yeah, he's not going to be the house vote, so he she's safe for at least one week before someone else steals Devin next week. <laughs> MVP, number one draft pick, just it went from a joke to like it's it just become true. It just I mean, and Emmy, she looks like she's gotten stabbed again, and I'm, I'm afraid of our Wi-Fi being taken out for the 18th time this episode because we just talked about Emmy, but it could happen. Who knows? She gets Gabo as a partner, and that means Emmy and Gabo are going to be the house vote next week. Uh, what a mess of a team. Oh, like Gabo has no idea what's going on. Um, Emmy is explosively emotional. Emmy is the opposite of Nani as a partner, so I don't, I don't know how Gabo will do. I, I'm afraid of what will happen to Gabo if he tries to pet Emmy's head. Oh, yeah, don't. Also, just like quick note for anyone in the world, including Gabo, don't don't pet people's heads. Yeah, yeah. we're we're an anti head petting podcast. Yeah, it's especially uh, I, 
I'm quite short. You can't see it through the screen or hear it in my voice. But, you know, I'm five foot two and I will often get like pet like I'm a child. Don't do that. No, yeah, don't do that. Uh, Ashley, uh, because Huey's no longer there and because uh, Emmy had her, I mean, Devin had his partner take. Who is Ashley's new partner? It's someone. It's Josh. Ashley and Josh. Wow. What a pairing. Forgot about Miss Josh. Those two. Give them some wine. They're going to be just a mess. And I'm ready for it. They're going to be a less entertaining mess than Huey and Ashley. I'm going to miss that Huey and Ashley pairing so much. But we do now have three double vet pairs in uh, Amanda, Kyle, Amber, and uh, Devin, and Ashley and Josh. And then we have the one rookie pair. Um, If that rookie pair were to win a daily challenge, uh, we go down the rabbit hole of who would be the house vote. And that's either going to be Jeremiah and Big T or a pairing like... It's going to be Jeremiah. I can't. I, can't, I really I can't hope it's another team. Maybe they'll I mean, have like maybe it'll be um, high T, and that'll be the daily challenge, and then Big T will pull the win. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that. I mean that's the. I mean that that scenario is still a bit far away, but I don't know. That was our episode for the week. I mean, the the elimination and all the drama that came out of it in the aftermath and during was so entertaining to watch. And it's a testament that when you keep things simple, their characters can shine bright. When you overcomplicate things, then you know, it becomes a bit convoluted to watch. I thought it was a great episode. I'm giving it an eight and a half out of ten. What about you, Nikki? I'm I'm giving it I'm giving it a nine. My, that Irish pride with Huey, but also, you know, just without the skulls, it's so much better. Yeah, and people are getting tired of the veteran alliance, but I I like it because that feels very classic challenge house where you just throw the rookies in. That's what we grew up on as fans. And I love how people are like, oh, this isn't how the challenge used to be. I'm like, no, this is this is how the challenge used to be. This is how yeah. like people earned their stripes. This is how people became legends. And I I find it very a very throwback game. And the vibes in the house are fun. I, I I'm just enjoying a lot right now. Hot season pool parties, earn your stripes. I, it's I'm just, it's chef's kiss. Yeah. And that's our episode for the week. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at Caffeine Confessionals, Spotify, uh, Instagram, Caffeine Confessionals Podcast, Nikki on Twitter at the Nikki Sin, me on Twitter at the Alan Geary. Have a great day, everyone. And keep watching the challenge because, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good stuff this season. And we love you, Luke. We love you, Luke.